have a question for you today. How bold are you? You know, we all have issues of the flesh that need healing because they impair our boldness in sharing our faith. Are you bold enough to go to God with one of those issues of the flesh or are selfishness and pride preventing you from getting on your knees and taking your weakness to God so that you can be a bold believer? Greatness is identified in you. When others are able to recognize Jesus in you, that's why you have to be bold. Don't let your flesh deny you the joy that comes from living a bold life. This is Carol McLeod, Bible teacher and author. Thank you for joining me today on A Jolt of Joy on the Charisma Podcast Network. If I were to give a thematic title to this next portion of scripture that we're going to study, I would call it the clash of the kingdoms. We're going to observe and see what happens when two men come together at a spiritual impasse. One of these men is great in the kingdoms of this world. His name is Naaman. And the other man whose name is Elisha is great in the kingdom of God. Second Kings chapter five, verses eight and nine. It happened when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent word to the king saying, why have you torn your clothes? Now let him come to me and Naaman shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and his chariots and stood at the doorway of the house of Elisha. Elisha had heard that the king of Israel was in a panic because he knew that he could not heal Naaman who had come from the country of Aram. The king of Israel was afraid that they were going to be attacked by this other country because he was unable to heal Naaman. And Elisha said, why are you in a panic? Why have you torn your clothes? Send him to me. Send him to the prophet in Israel. You know, an interesting thing that we see in verse nine is that Naaman came with his horses and his chariots, the entire parade, the gold, the silver, and he stood at the doorway of the house of Elisha. Naaman didn't go into Elisha's house. Naaman was a great man, remember? And he felt that he deserved respect and deference. He fully expected Elisha to come out and to bow in his presence. Naaman was great in the kingdoms of this world, and he would wait comfortably on his exotic cushion while all others inconvenienced themselves for him, a man great in the kingdoms of this world. Second Kings chapter five, verse 10, Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh will be restored to you and you will be clean. Elisha must have heard a great commotion outside his door. He heard the horses and the chariots. And what we see is two great men, one in God's kingdom, one in man's kingdom, at a standoff of spiritual friction. Which one would win? You know, I can just picture Elisha inside his humble little domicile, drinking tea with his feet up on a well-worn stool. I wonder if he closed his eyes when he heard the cavalcade outside and he heard the voice 
of God. He told his messenger, who was probably an elderly servant, Oh, go tell Naaman to wash in the Jordan River seven times, and his flesh will be restored. And I wonder if the humble little servant shuffled to the door. The door was probably ragged on its old hinges, and the humble little servant stuck his head out the door and gave these simple instructions. Go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh will be restored. I wonder if the little servant said, have a nice day, you'll be fine. And he closed the door, no pomp, no pretense, and certainly no bowing to the great Naaman. Just the simple truth sent from heaven via a poor, ragged messenger. The door to the hut closed. Naaman sat in full dress uniform with disbelief written all over his important face. At this moment, although Naaman was great in the kingdom of the world, his ability to understand greatness in the kingdom of God was sorely lacking. You know, great people know that the kingdoms of God will never bow to the kingdoms of this world. The kingdom of God will always completely, eternally win. 2 Kings 5.11 But Naaman was furious and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. So the pleasant Naaman has just become an angry volcano. This word furious in the Hebrew is the strongest word ever used for anger. Naaman was furious because he didn't get his way. Naaman was furious because nobody bowed to him and nobody recognized how important he was. Let's backtrack for a minute. Now, remember, we're doing a Bible study on the profiles in greatness. And this particular story compares people who are great in the kingdoms of this world and those who are great in the kingdom of God. And you know what? People who are great in the kingdom of God know this. I don't always get my own way. I really don't want anybody to bow to me. If any bowing takes place, I'll be the one bowing at the feet of my Lord and Savior. People who are great in the kingdom of God know that the issue of vast importance in my life is not that people recognize me, but it is that people recognize the Jesus in me. Naaman's leadership skills vanished in the face of disappointment, in the face of being treated unfairly, of not being treated with honor and privilege. He was thinking, doesn't this prophet know who I am? I thought he would wave his hand over me and that I would be cured. Instead, his servant tells me to go to the dirty, unimpressive Jordan. See, Naaman is the epitome of a great man in the kingdoms of this world. He's used to ordering people around. In God's kingdom, that is not called greatness. That's called selfishness or pride or failure. See, the way of God made no sense to Naaman. 
2 Kings chapter 5, verse 12. Are not Abana and Farfar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. What Naaman is saying is, we have better rivers than that in Syria. Now, let me ask you a question. If Naaman didn't obey because of his anger, who would be the loser? Who would not be healed? If Naaman wouldn't obey because of his pride, because he thought he knew better than God, guess who would die of leprosy? Now, let me make this personal to you today. You have issues of the flesh that need to be healed. And if they are not healed, they will cause a disgusting odor and potential disfigurement in your life. You'll experience death in your relationships, in your destiny, and in your purpose, and ultimately in your usefulness in the kingdom of God. If you are not bold enough to go to God, guess who will not be healed? If you are angry with God and his advice, guess who will not be healed? If you are prideful and think that you know better than God, guess who will be the loser in the long run? Second Kings chapter 5, verse 13. Then his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, had the prophets told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? The servants, those lower than Naaman, not as educated and certainly not as great as Naaman, told him, Sir, if he told you to do something great, wouldn't you have done it? I wonder if these servants had been hanging out in the kitchen when the little servant girl spoke about the miracles of Elisha. Perhaps these servants, the little servant girl, and then these in verse 13 are the truly great ones in the story because their hope was not birthed out of that which makes sense in the natural. 2 Kings 5.14, so Naaman went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Naaman was restored. No wrinkles, complete rejuvenation. One of the translations says, his flesh came again like the flesh of a child. Naaman was born again. No wrinkles, no age spots. The leprosy was gone. And so will yours be if you obey the word of the Lord. It will be better than if it never happened. This is truly what happens when you obey the word of the Lord. 2 Kings 5.15, and when he returned to the man of God with all his company and came and stood before him, he said, behold now, I know there is no God in all the earth, but in Israel. So please take a present from your servant now. Now Amon recognized the God of Israel and he wanted to give something great in return. He said, there is no God in all the world, but in Israel. Naaman went into Elisha's house and stood in his presence and called himself Elisha's servant. The healing had done not only a miracle on Naaman's skin, but also in his heart. Second Kings 5.16 
But Elisha said, as the Lord lives before whom I stand, I will take nothing. And Naaman urged him to take it, but he refused. 2 Kings 5, 17 and 18. Naaman said, if not, please let your servant at least be given two mules load of earth, for your servant will no longer offer burnt offering, nor will he sacrifice to other gods, but to the Lord. In this matter, may the Lord pardon your servant when my master goes into the house of Remen to worship there, and he leans on my hand, and I bow myself in the house of Remen. When I bow myself in the house of Remen, the Lord pardon your servant in this matter. There was a change in Naaman. It was only in his heart to worship the Lord of Israel. No other gods would receive his sacrifice or his attention. 2 Kings 5.19. And Elisha said to Naaman, go in peace. Go in peace, Naaman. Listen, great men and women go in peace. And let me tell you why great men and women go in peace. Because they have learned that the word of the Lord is worth obeying. Because they have learned that to bow only to the Lord. And because the issues of their flesh have been settled, they no longer thrive on self-importance, but on knowing God. Thank you for joining me today on A Jolt of Joy. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I'd like to encourage you to visit my website at www.justjoyministries.com. It is my passion to help people live an abundant life through the power and principles found only in the Word of God. You can contact me at carol at justjoyministries.com. And as always, know that I am praying for you today.